Hello, I'm Dr. Jim Taylor, and welcome to episode 39 of my Train Your Mind for Athletic Success podcast. This episode is the second of three that explores special topics that are often not addressed in mental training, yet have a real impact on athletic performance. The topic for today's episode is overcoming performance slumps. Now, performance slumps are one of the most common yet mysterious and frustrating phenomena in sports. Typically viewed as an unexplained drop in performance, slumps are a source of concern for athletes and coaches. Despite its visible place in the collective psyche of the athletic community, little is known about the causes or cures for performance slumps. However, I've worked extensively with athletes who are suffering from performance slumps, and I will share with you how athletes and coaches can identify, prevent, and overcome slumps. From Johnny Bench, the 15-time Major League Baseball All-Star, slumps are like a soft bed. They're easy to get into and hard to get out of. So let's start with what is a slump? The term slump is used to describe a wide variety of performance declines. As a result, there's been no clear definition of what a slump really is. For example, Webster's New Collegiate Dictionary defines a slump as a period of poor or losing play by a team or individual. However, this definition lacks precision. Several factors must be considered in defining slumps. First, ability is important. That is, if the team is always lousy, their poor play would not be a slump. As such, current performance must always be compared to a previous level of play. Second, the length of the decline is relevant. For example, a baseball hitter who goes 0 for 4 may not be in a slump, but if he goes 0 for 25, he probably is. Third, a common aspect of a slump is that there seems to be no apparent explanation for the decline. If there is an obvious reason for the drop in performance, such as an injury, then it would not be a slump. In defining a slump, these factors must be taken into consideration. As a result, a slump is presently defined as an unexplained drop in performance that extends longer than would be expected from the normal ups and downs of competition. From Dr. Seuss, when you're in a slump, you're not in for much fun. Unslumping yourself is not easily done. Now let's explore how to identify a slump. An inherent part of sports participation is that performance will vary naturally during the course of a season. In other words, it's rare for athletes to maintain a consistently high level of performance. As a result, most performance declines are simply a typical part of the ups and downs of competition. So the question is whether a decline is a slump or just a natural drop in the performance cycle. From Vance Law, the Major League Baseball player, when you're in a slump, it's almost as if you look out the field and it's one big glove. The first step in determining whether a decline is a slump is to evaluate your average level of performance. That is, how do you usually perform? For statistically oriented sports like baseball or basketball, this can be measured by plotting performance to date on a graph. Then, normal variation can be determined by seeing the ups and downs that commonly occur during the season. Next, recent performance can be compared to the normal variation. If the current decrease is unusually low, it may be a slump. Finally, a superficial look at the causes of the decline should be done. If there is no obvious cause of the drop in performance, it is safe to say that the athlete is in a slump. From Yogi Berra, the Major League Baseball player, Hall of Fame catcher. Slump? I ain't in no slump. I just ain't hitting. Now let's look at the causes of slumps. The causes of performance slumps can be grouped into four general categories. 
First, perhaps the most common cause of a slump is a physical problem. These difficulties include fatigue, minor injuries, and lingering illness. Second, slumps may be due to subtle changes in technique that occur during the course of a season. These changes may be in the execution of the skill or in the timing of the movement. Third, slumps may begin with changes in an athlete's equipment, for example, the loosening of string tension on a tennis racket or a different weight of a new baseball bat. Particularly in those sports that require elaborate equipment, there is a precise balance between equipment and technique. As a result, a slight change of equipment may alter technique, thereby hurting performance. Fourth, slumps can be caused by psychological factors. Furthermore, the mental contributors may be related to or independent of the athletic involvement. For example, a particularly poor performance may hurt confidence and increase anxiety, which could lead to a prolonged drop in performance. In contrast, issues away from competition, such as family difficulties, financial problems, and school struggles may distract concentration, increase stress, and de decrease motivation, thus resulting in a performance decline. From Ichiro Suzuki, the 10-time Major League Baseball All-Star, if I'm in a slump, I ask for advice. So now let me give you some recommendations for preventing slumps, because the best way to deal with slumps is to prevent them from happening. Slumps can be prevented by paying careful attention to the potential causes of slumps and taking steps to avoid them. Let's start with physical. As I just discussed, many slumps begin with physical difficulties. More specifically, slumps are often caused by the natural and normal physical wear and tear of the competitive season that aren't noticed or as noticeable as injuries or illness. As a result, you can reduce the likelihood of performance slumps by paying attention to various factors that influence your performance state. One important area, of course, that can be addressed is physical condition. Quite simply, if you're well conditioned, you will be less susceptible to fatigue, injury, and illness. As a result, a rigorous off-season physical conditioning program and a competitive season physical maintenance program will help minimize slumps due to physical breakdown. Second, a significant part of slump prevention is rest. In other words, physical deterioration can be lessened by actively incorporating rest into your training and competitive regimens. Adequate rest can be assured in several ways. Days off can be built into the weekly training schedule. For example, in sports with weekend competitions, having mandatory Mondays is a good way to ensure that you're able to recover from the prior week's training and the stresses of the previous day's competition. Third, you can reduce the quantity and increase the quality of training as the season progresses. This approach will allow you to maintain a high level of health and energy right through the end of the season. This is especially important in sports that have lengthy seasons, such as baseball, tennis, and golf. Fourth, planning a responsible competition schedule can also prevent slumps. Perhaps the most demanding aspect of sports involvement is the actual competition. Competing in too many events is both physically and mentally draining for you. As a result, you and your coaches need to select the competitions that are most important for you and to avoid scheduling events that serve no specific purpose in your seasonal competitive plan. Fifth, scheduling time off about three weeks before an important competition, particularly when it's toward the end of the season, can help a great deal to ensure a high level of performance. This strategy allows you to get extra rest, recover from previous competitions, overcome nagging injuries and illness, recharge mentally and emotionally, so you can enter the big event excited to compete and prepared for the final push toward that competition. 
Most fundamentally, the best way to reduce the likelihood of a slump due to physical causes is for you to listen to your body. You need to acknowledge fatigue, injury, and illness, and when they're evident, they should be dealt with immediately. Another cause of slumps is technical, so how do you prevent them? Slumps that are caused by technical changes can also be prevented by taking steps to maintain sound technique, which results in strong and consistent performance. First, technique is best developed during the off-season, when the primary focus is on technical improvement and there is adequate time to fully acquire the skills. As a result, technically induced performance slumps may be prevented by minimizing technical work done during the competitive season. Working on technique may not only disturb the technique that's producing good performance, it may also hurt performance by reducing confidence and distracting you from just performing your best. In addition, maintaining a video library of good technique and performances, a highlight video if you will, can be used by you and your coaches to remind you of proper technique and to compare current and past technique. As I also mentioned, equipment is an issue, so how can you prevent equipment from being a cause of slumps? The best way to prevent equipment-related performance slumps is to maintain your equipment at its highest performance level. You should pay attention to how long you're using your equipment, ensuring that it doesn't wear out, and it remains capable of allowing you to perform at your highest level of performance. For example, tennis rackets should be restrung before their tension changes, or if a baseball bat is broken, it should be replaced by another of identical weight and balance. Lastly, I mentioned how mental issues impact slumps. So how can you prevent them? Performance slumps that are caused by psychological factors can be addressed at two levels. First, for those difficulties that arise directly from competition, it's important that you engage in a regular mental training program. This approach will strengthen your mental muscles, including motivation, confidence, intensity, focus, and mindset, thereby making them more resilient to the negative psychological effects of the normal ups and downs of performance and those periodic poor performances. A structured mental training program will ensure that you have a well-stocked mental toolbox filled with tools that are readily available to fix any issues that arise. In addition, following a poor performance, you will need to actively combat the resulting negative psychological effects by flexing your mental muscles and using those mental tools. This will prevent you from getting caught in a self-perpetuating vicious cycle of negativity and poor performance. Second, for those difficulties that occur away from your sport, you should work them out as quickly and as effectively as possible. Whether, for example, family conflict or difficulties in school, actively seeking out support and finding solutions can reduce their impact on your athletic life. In addition, you can use the previously discussed mental skills and mental muscles and tools to leave those difficulties off the field of play so that at least during training and competitions, you're able to maintain your proper focus and intensity, thus preventing a drop in performance. From Hank Aaron, the Major League Baseball Hall of Famer, my motto was always to keep swinging. Whether I was in a slump or feeling badly or having trouble off the field, the only thing to do was to keep swinging. Now, realistically, you can't prevent every cause of a slump. So that's why it's important to, if you find yourself in a slump, to create a slump-busting plan. It's essential that slumps be addressed in an organized and systematic way. When you're in a slump, you should look at each cause, each possible cause, and determine the best way to alleviate it. In addition, the attitude that you have about getting out of the slump will also be a factor. 
Often, athletes and coaches believe that athletes can just jump out of their slump. However, the fact is that it takes time to get into a slump, and it takes time to get out of one. As a result, you should be prepared to put in the necessary time and effort for you to return to your previous level of performance. The first thing you need to do when you find yourself in a slump is to take a time out. This is basically taking time away from training and competition that provides a change of scenery and people. This time out offers several benefits. First, slumps usually produce strong negative thinking and emotions, which only make slumps worse. The time out enables you to let go of the negative thoughts and emotions that come with a slump and helps you regain a positive attitude toward your performances. In other words, the time out acts as an emotional vacation and provides you with much needed perspective with which to look ahead toward better performances. Second, slumps can be draining physically and emotionally. Consequently, a timeout allows you to recover and to recharge your batteries. This restoration will further assist you in your return to comp- competitive form. Third, the timeout gives you an opportunity to devise an organized plan to overcome the slump. The time away from the sport will enhance your ability to view your slump objectively. You can then use this information to alleviate the slump in the shortest possible time. Once you've taken a timeout, you can then use goal setting as the next step in your slump busting plan. So a critical part of that slump busting plan is to develop an organized program aimed at alleviating the slump. This program is based on setting a series of specific goals. As with all goals that are set, these should rely on the smarter goals that I discussed in a previous episode. The first goal to set is what I call a return to form goal. This goal defines the ultimate purpose of the slump busting plan. In particular, The return to form goal indicates the level of performance to which you want to return. For example, a baseball hitter in a slump might set his return to form goal as his pre-slump batting average. The next goal is a causal goal. These goals focus on the level of performance associated with the particular cause of the slump. If there is more than one cause of a slump, it's important that you set a goal for each cause. For example, if a slump is caused by an injury and maintained by a loss of confidence, then separate goals should be set for rehabilitating the injury, and for rebuilding the confidence. Then to set daily training goals. Once the causal goals have been established, you should set daily goals to achieve the causal goals. The daily training goals specify what you need to do in your regular training to relieve the causes of the slump, thereby alleviating the slump. For example, if a cause involves a technical problem, it's up to you and your coaches to decide the best way to resolve the technical flaw and more specifically, what to do in your training to work toward the causal goal. Additionally, these goals should ensure that you progress toward your causal and return form goals in an incremental and constructive way. Lastly, daily performance goals. Frequently, athletes are unable to take time off to work on their slump due to their competitive schedule. As a result, they must keep performing while trying to relieve the slump. This situation is especially difficult because it forces you to keep performing and competing at a subpar level. Daily performance goals provide a level of performance to work toward that, though below the return to form level, is above the current slump level. These goals act to motivate you and reinforce rather than discourage your efforts by furnishing realistic levels toward which you can aim. They also provide a positive and improving orientation and attitude that will help you in resolving the slump. From Cartier Martin, a professional basketball player. We're not even thinking about the postseason right now. We've been in a slump, 
So we're taking things one day at a time. We aren't looking to the future because we haven't addressed the present. I'm Dr. Jim Taylor, and thanks for listening to episode 39 of Train Your Mind for Athletic Success. And be on the lookout for episode 40 in the near future.